All right, everybody. Somebody go ahead and start the music. to the Prof. JC Leadership Podcast, a podcast about life, leadership, and human flourishing. My guiding philosophy is simple. What you can be, you must be. Abraham Maslow. The purpose of this podcast is to help you live an all-in life, be an all-in leader, and lead all-in teams and organizations. I'm your host, JC Hurtado Prater, yours truly. And I'm so grateful you joined me for a few moments on the podcast today. The professor is in. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode of the Prof. JC Leadership Podcast. I'm so grateful you're here with me today. And I hope you had an amazing weekend. Uh, It's amazing to me how many times I say this. It seems to me almost like the weekend comes every three days. Mondays come, it seems like, every three days, right? Or it it seems like I'm constantly saying to you, hope you had a great weekend, or I'm saying to you, hope you have a great weekend, and then I'm saying, hope you had a great weekend. It's amazing how, how fast time goes by. And uh, I'm not one of these believers that life is short. You know, people say life is short all the time. And, and I think we say that because we're looking in, in the rearview mirror. And when we look in the rearview mirror, it seems like life is short because all we have are the memories. But in reality, I think life is long. And I have found this, that the more we take advantage of every single day, the more that we try to pursue our full and highest potential every single day, uh, the more that we try to chase uh, the hard, do the hard, chase the difficult every single day, to go after those things that scare us every single day. Uh, The more we do that, uh, the longer life gets. And I would say this, the better life gets. And... uh, so when I hear somebody say life is short, usually what I what I hear, if I'm if I'm going to be honest with you, I hear someone say, "Oh my goodness, life is short." I hear somebody who probably is living for the weekend. They're not trying to reach their full and highest potential. They're not doing hard things. They're just kind of stuck, you know, kind kind of stuck wherever life is, and they're not trying to move forward. And uh, they're living for the weekend. They have a job. Maybe they work nine to five or whatever their hours are. And they, and they just keep looking forward to Friday night, Saturday night. And as you know, these come all the time, right? And you kind of get in that, you kind of get in that, that routine. And life seems really short and the years fly by. Now, I'm not knocking that, okay? There's something simple about that. And there's something not too shabby about it. And to be honest, when I hear about that kind of lifestyle, sometimes I think, man, I'd like to live that life. I'd like to live that way. Just have a job nine to five and work for, you know, work for the weekend. Um, 
but but the reality is uh that's not that's not the life that I want to live. And that's not the life that you want to live. That's why you're listening to this podcast. So that when we get to the weekend, we can look back and say, man, we've put a lot of work in this week. We've done something good with our time. And then when the weekend is over, we can say, man, we put a lot of good intention that, you know, in intentional work into the weekend. So it's not like the weekend comes and, 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 and goes and we've sat around and watched Netflix all day. I used to do that all the time. I still can't believe that. I remember days where I couldn't wait till Friday night and I would plant myself on the couch with a big bowl of spaghetti or something like that and garlic bread. And then the next morning I'd wake up and make pancakes and eat cereal and bacon and eggs as much as I wanted. And then I'd have the biggest lunch and the biggest dinner and I'd do it all over again Sunday. And I lived for that. And then I would slog myself back into work on Mondays, tired, exhausted, because I spent the whole weekend on the couch wasting my weekend away. And, and, and I'll tell you this, I will tell you this, that living the kind of life that I'm living right now, pursuing the things I'm pursuing right now, it's, it's not easy. You know, I'm not doing major things. I'm not out there, you know, running Ironman, you know, competitions. I will one day. That's, that's the next time I go. Once I get through my doctorate, that's, that's high on my list of priorities is to get myself trained and ready to do an Ironman. But but for me, it's even, you know, instead of staying at home watching Netflix, it's, you know, it's getting the kayak out on a free day. And I don't have a lot of free days right now. I'm working on the doctorate and starting a new position here in a couple of weeks. I got, I've got a lot of things going on. I'm trying to be a really great dad, um, you know, trying to live a really good life. So I don't have a lot of things that are going on right now. Um, but I would say this, the life I'm trying to pursue, the life I'm trying to go after, uh, is not, it's not easy. And even something like getting up and getting in the kayak, much less so today than it used to be, but that causes a little bit of anxiety. It's, it's, it's my, my body's still wired to do the Netflix thing. Oh, Hey, I got a free day today. Let's just turn on the TV. But yet I know that if I decided to do that at the end of that day, at the end of that weekend, I would feel awful. Like I just wasted time. And I don't know about you, but for me, the older I get, it's like the more intentional I want to be with my time. I don't want to sit around waiting, uh, waiting my time, uh, you know, waiting for the weekends and wasting my time. That's the last thing that I want to do with the time that I have here on earth. Because here's what I know. Life is long when I'm in the present and I'm doing the hard, I'm chasing the hard, I'm chasing the difficult, and I'm looking forward at all the goals I still have yet ahead of me. I'm 43. I'm going to live to be 100 or older. So I've got 57 years at least that are ahead of me. So I still have more years ahead of me than I have behind me. So when I think about it from that perspective, and I've lived a hard life already, I've lived a difficult life already, and I don't mean that all bad, you know, yes, there's been some negative in there as well, but there's also been a lot of good. 
but but the good that I've experienced has come from a lot of hard, doing hard things. So when I look ahead of me, I'm like, oh my goodness, 57 more years of this? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't want to waste my life. I want that one day comes when I'm 100 years old, 101, 102, whatever it's going to be, and I lay my head down on the pillow for the final time. I want to know I've done everything I possibly could to live a life worth living, that, that I've taken the opportunities that have been given to me. I was, I was some point on the podcast, I'll tell my whole story. I'm not going to do that today, but I'll just tell you this. I was born out of scandal. I was left in an orphanage and somehow my father, Terry Prater, he found me. And out of all the kids he could have chosen from that orphanage, he chose me. And I still feel a strong sense of responsibility for that. And I've seen pictures of that orphanage. In the poor side of town, I would even say the ghetto, the slums of Quito, Ecuador. That's where my dad found me, Terry Prater. And for some reason, he said that one right there. I'll take that one right there. Maybe it was my good looks, my my little dimples. I don't know what it was, but 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 he chose me. And the older I get, the more I see a real sense of responsibility in that. My life could have been completely different. Not only was I born out of scandal, I was born as an Afro-Latino in a country that is extremely racist towards black people. I, I would have had no chance. And the reality is there are other kids who didn't get adopted, who were in the orphanage the same time I was, and I don't know what happened to them. And it's not really my job to chase them down, but I have a strong sense of responsibility for my story. And you know what? You have it as well. I'll tell you this. I'm able to do stats and I'm able to see kind of where my listeners come from. Most like 90% of my listeners on this podcast come from the United States of America. And most people who listen to any kind of a leadership podcast, they are people who've got something good going on in their life. So you who are listening to this podcast, uh, maybe you don't have the same story about being born in an orphanage, brought from there, raised in the United States of America, raised in a family of educators. So not only was I uh, adopted to America, I was raised in a family that valued education. That's why I'm an educator to this day. I'm sure that's the reason why. It's, it's the foundation from where I come from. But I was lucky to be raised in a family, a family, literally a family of educators. You may not have that story, but if you are in the United States of America, you've been placed in what I believe is one of the greatest countries in the world where you can come from any background. And if you're willing to pay the price, great things can happen for you. But you've got to be willing to pay the price. America does not hand anything over. I remember when I first moved out to Southern California, came from a small town where because of my, my, my limited giftedness and talents and personality and charisma and those things that I was able to bring to the table, however good or negative they were or whatever, whatever it was I brought to the table, I got away with a lot in that little town. Because little towns tend to see the best in people and they want to help people. And so if you smile and you... You know, you laugh and, you know, you're a good person. People tend to overlook a lot of your flaws. And, and in some in some ways, people are attracted to that. 
you come out to the big town and I'm not in the biggest city in America. I'm in San Diego, the SoCal region. Now, SoCal is huge, right? Millions of people out here. You come out to here and nobody cares about your charm. Nobody cares about your smile, your good looks. I'm not saying I have those, but, you know, if you have those, right, you move to a place like this and nobody cares. Nobody. I'll never forget my first time going to community college. I think I was 25 or 26 years of age, 26 years of age. And I sat in this room. And I remember for the first time realizing I'm going to actually have to get some work done. My charm is not going to take me any further than this right here. Nobody in this room cares. We're all competing in the marketplace. We're all competing for jobs in these marketplace. I'm going to have to make something and I'm going to have to grow up, start growing up. And it can't anymore be about charm or trying to smile my way through problems. It's just not going to happen here. It's one thing I learned in the big city. Nobody cares about your charms, your personality. It's the work that you do. So here's what I'm saying. If you're in this country, the United States of America, and you're willing to do the work, great things can happen for you. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want for myself. Because life, yes, life is short and life is long. Life is short in hindsight. And one day we're all going to lay our head down on that pillow for the final time. And at that moment, life will be short. So I can't believe it's over. And that moment right there drives everything inside of me that that day is coming. But here's the deal. I want to reach that point and I want to be ready. And I want to lay my head down and say, please, please take me. I'm done. I'm ready. I'm exhausted. I've literally done everything I can. There's nothing else I can do to have reached my full and highest potential. Now, I'm not even close to being there yet. Not even close. And more than likely, you aren't either. So this is another week that we cannot waste. I know it's August. August 1st, as a matter of fact. And this would be the time of year that you know, maybe we can go on vacation and we should do all of that. I'm I'm not anti-vacation. I'm not one of those people hustle, hustle 24-7 no, to take no vacations. No, that's not true. Okay. We should. But but at the same time, even in those vacations, even in the rest, let's be intentional. Because the reality is that day's coming for all of us when our head's gonna hit the pillow for the last time. And what will uh, what will be those things that you think about? Will the only memories in your head be the memories that you saw on the television screen or on the phone screen or the iPad screen or the computer screen? Where, where the places you visited, you only visited through YouTube, through Instagram, through Facebook or whatever the social media platforms will be at that time. And you've lived vicariously through somebody else. And at that point, potentially feeling the pains of regret and the pain of fraud. I'm a fraud. I had this whole life, I had all these breaths inside of me. I had, all the, I had this whole life ahead of me and I spent it watching TV. I spent it chasing entertainment. I spent it, you know, pursuing barbecues on the weekends and tearing up my body. That's not what we want. It's not what I want for you. I've gone on way too long here. I just started to rant here, and my apologies about that. But I feel strongly about this. The weekends come, the weekends go, the weeks come, the weeks go. But at the same time, I want to encourage you, 
be intentional with the life that you're living. This could be a whole podcast itself, but we need to dive in. It's Mental Models Monday. So let's dive in and talk about the principles of comparative advantage. Comparative advantage. And here's this article from fs.blog. That's where I'm getting most of my articles on uh, these mental models we're talking about, a great website. The principles of comparative advantage, why Tiger Woods should not mow your lawn. Let, let's dive in. The article uh, states in, in, in economics, comparative advantage refers to the ability of a person or nation to produce a good or service at a lower opportunity cost than another person or nation. This is why trade can create value for both parties, because each person can concentrate on the activity for which they have the lower opportunity cost. It also explains why Tiger Woods shouldn't mow your lawn. The term comparative advantage is usually attributed to David Ricardo in his 1817 book on the principles of political economy and taxation. Ricardo used the example of trade between England and Portugal. Portugal could produce both wine and cloth with less labor than it would have taken to produce the same output in England. However, the relative costs are different. You know, currencies always have different values. From Ricardo's point of view, England had difficulty producing wine and very little difficulty producing uh, cloth. Portugal, however, could easily produce both wine and cloth. Richard concluded that while it was cheaper to produce cloth in Portugal than England, it is cheaper still for Portugal to produce excess wine and trade this for English cloth. England would benefit from this trade because it cost, be, because its cost of producing cloth has not changed, but it can now get wine at a lower price. Thus, each country can gain by specializing in the good that has a comparative advantage. Now, one of the drawbacks of trade in this way is that it creates increasing interdependence among other people or nations. In Ricardo's example, England and Portugal relied on each other for certain goods. This is possible as long as it is in the self-interest of each, each nation and there are no disruptions. In the leading economics tech book, textbook, Principles of, Micro Principles of Microeconomics, Greg Mankiw offers the following. Here's what he has to say. Differences in opportunity cost and comparative advantage create the gains from trade. When each person specializes in producing the good for which he or, or she has a comparative advantage, total production in the economy rises, and this increase in the size of the economic pie can be used to make everyone better off. In other words, as long as two people have different opportunity costs, each can benefit from trade by obtaining a good at a lower price than his or her opportunity cost of that good. So here's some real life examples here. So here's the question the article poses. Should Tiger Woods, now if you don't know who Tiger Woods is, just go look it up. Tiger Woods, T-I-G-E-R-W-O-O-D-S. Okay, I'm not going to school you on who that man is, but it, 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 uh, most of you know who he is. If you don't, Google him. Should Tiger Woods mow his own lawn? Now watch this. Tiger is a great athlete. Well, one of the best golfers to have ever lived. Most likely he is better at other activities too. Tiger is probably in better shape than most. He can run faster, lift more. 
and work quicker. For example, Tiger can probably mow his lawn faster than anyone else, but just because he can mow his lawn fast, does that mean he should? To answer this question, we can use the concepts of opportunity cost and comparative advantage. Let's say that Tiger can mow his lawn in two hours. In the same two hours, he could film a television commercial for golf clubs and earn $100,000. By contrast, Joe, the kid next door, can now uh, can, can mow Tiger's lawn in four hours. In that same four hours, he could work at McDonald's and earn $24. In this example, Tiger's opportunity cost is $100,000 and Joe's is $24. Tiger has an absolute advantage in mowing lawns because he can do the work in less time. Yet Joe has a comparative advantage because he has the lower opportunity cost. The gains in trade from this example are tremendous. Rather than mowing his own lawn, Tiger should make the commercial and hire Joe to mow his lawn. As long as Tiger pays Joe uh, more than $24 and is and less than $100,000, both of them are better off, right? So you kind of get that example, right? Tiger Woods should not be mowing his lawn. He can, and he might be able to do it better than the guy he hires. But the time and what he brings to the table and the opportunities that he has to make $100,000 in those same two hours, that's where he should spend his time and let the kid next door earn some money, right? And don't pay him 24 bucks, pay him 100 bucks. You 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 just made $100,000, so pay the kid 100 bucks. Both of you are better off in that situation. Here's another example, this one from Wikipedia. Two men live alone on an isolated island. To survive, they must undertake a few basic e- economic activities like water carrying, fishing, cooking, and shelter construction and maintenance. The first man is young, strong, and educated. He's also faster, better, more productive at everything. He has an absolute advantage in all activities. The second man is old, weak, and uneducated. He has an absolute disadvantage in all economic activities. In some activities, the difference between the two is great. In others, it is small. Despite the fact that the younger man has absolute advantage in all activities, it is not in the interest of either of them to work in isolation since they can both benefit from specialization and exchange. If the two men uh, divide the work according to the comparative advantage, then the young man will specialize in tasks at which he is most productive, while the older man will concentrate on tasks where his productivity is only a little less than that of a young man. Such an arrangement will increase total production for a given amount of labor supplied by both men and it will make both men all the more richer. So we understand this idea of comparative advantage. It means this, to simplify these terms. Two points I want to take away from this. Number one, you have to be, uh, you have to be doing what you can do best. I have to be doing what I can do best. That's where my time is best spent. So for me, it could be creating this podcast. It could be writing. It's speaking. It's 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 those kind of things that are going to add value for other people and keep me within my area of giftedness. The area that I can shine the most, the area that I can do the best. You have to do the same as well. And, and only you know what that is, right? What's the thing that only you can do? Or what's the thing that you can do better than anyone else around you? And maybe better than anyone else, you know, better than anyone else in general. That's the thing that you've got to be doing. That's the thing you have to be chasing after. Okay. 
And and so that so that's the first point is we need to stay within the, even if like right now, you know, maybe it's cleaning up my floors or something like that. That's important. They need to be done, right? I have laminate floors, they need to be clean. But what's the best use of my time? Right? It's probably creating this because this is going to outlast me. If I clean my floors, I could do that tomorrow or the next day. I could find a window of time to do this. I I can make time for that in breaks that I have or windows of opportunity when when nothing else is happening. This thing right here, creating this podcast or whatever it is, right? For me, that's important for me to do. You have to figure out the same for you, right? So that's that's one important thing. That's one important aspect of it. It also goes back into what we talked about earlier, right? Using your talents to do what only you can do best. Why? Because life is long and it's short. And so in this limited time, you know, it's long and it's short, but but I'll say this, it is limited. None of us are going to live to be 100,000 years old, right? We're not going to live to be a million years old. We've got in the in 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 the scope of this world, we have a very finite time to be on this planet. And I believe that we're here to make it better for the people who come behind us. That's what we should be doing. So the way that I can do that is by using my comparative advantage, doing the thing that I can do best, not wasting time doing things that somebody else could probably do better, okay? And and then here's the third thought that I have from this is that uh, when comparative advantage is truly used, it creates collaboration uh, in communities, families, organizations, teams, and really in societies as a whole. I mean, we saw this earlier as we were reading about how uh, – what was it, Spain and Portugal? Or, or was it England? England and Portugal uh, decided one could produce wine better, one could produce cloth better, and then they traded, right? So there's this interdependence on each other. Now that, you know, that there, are some, there are some negatives that come with this, but there are also a lot of positives that come from this as well, right? So it's this idea of using, staying within your skill set, what you can do best, and this is important because life, we have a finite amount of time, okay? And so in this finite amount of time, if we want to make the world better for the people behind us, we need to stick to what we're best at. That's number two. And number three, when we do that, we create interdependence and collaboration where, where we're now almost forced to work with other people. So I want you to think about that as a mental model this principle of comparative advantage. What is your comparative advantage? What can you do best? What should you be spending your time on? And what are all the things you need to take off your plate and say, you know what? Somebody else can do this. I shouldn't be doing this. I need to give the time I have to doing the thing that I can do best in order to make the world a better place for the people who come behind me. That's all I got for you today. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I'll see you on the next episode of the podcast this Wednesday. Take care, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we offer episodes just like this three times every week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Subscribe to my podcast, the Prop JC Leadership Podcast, available on Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart.com, anywhere you get your podcast. 
and be the first to get your episodes three times every week. I'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.